You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Ta-da! It's 300 episodes! Ooh. Not yet, not yet. Yeah, this is the 300th episode. <laughs> um, are you counting right? Are you, is that, are you sure? And, and there's a little coincidence on this 300th episode, and I said it to you earlier. We're going to review Man of Steel. This is a bit of a stretch, by the way. Hold so. on, hold on. I know, I'm just saying. We're going to review Man of Steel, which is reviewed by Mr. Zack Snyder. Directed what, by. Uh, directed by. And what movie did he also direct? Uh, Watchmen. Sucker Punch. 299. <laughs> 300. <laughs> so we should have reviewed 300. Yeah, but that's like a reach around kind of coincidence. I was right. You just sort of dug it around. Like, it's like the kind of coincidence where you go, uh, no. I was um, writing the template <laughs> out and I put after the show number 300 and then I put Man of Steel and then I always put other movies that the director had made and I went, 300? 300, 300, whoa, 300, can I type 300 twice? So there's the coincidence for this week. Anyway, 300 shows. Here's to 300 more. Sid Talk, getting off the 300 shows topic. It was your birthday this week. What are you saying? You were also yeah, like 300. 300. <laughs> <laughs> you also got reached the age of 300. You are actually going to be on the news because it's the first person ever. Am I well preserved for 300? Yeah. Or am I more like around 46, do you reckon? More like, yeah. So uh, did you No, enjoy- no, no, no. That is not the right answer. What you were supposed to say <laughs> there was 46. No, 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 no. More like about, I can accept maybe 35. There is no right answer. Yeah. Well, the correct answer is 46. <laughs> but the right answer is... Oh, no, no. I think about 40-something. 40, 40 <laughs> <laughs> Do I really? No, yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. And in case it's anyone's me, listening, <laughs> he says in like what's supposed to be a romantic, sweet voice. To me, you look forty-six. No, okay, not forty-six. Forty-something. In case anyone's listening, he does not know. It could be forty-eight then. Actually, he's married to me, which is why he's not getting what I'm saying. I get it. I'm just being funny. Anyway. Oh, and that's why I don't think he's funny because we're married to him. We know you like talking about you. So, did you like I your like- birthday? I like talking about me. <laughs> That's, that is accurate. I did. I had a very... I just decided... You always ask me, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Normally, we go somewhere, do something, go to this other town, and I have my favorite Indian food, go to a movie, movie. or something. And the day before, I realized, I just don't want to do anything, because I had had my long weeks or four work days. Okay? Sunday through Wednesday. Wednesday, it was last week. And so I'm thinking, I've only got my... And people will just hate me for this but my three my short weekend is a three-day weekend because every other week we have four days off and three days off and four days off and the people who have the five-day work weeks are going like oh three whole three only three days off but you know when you use up one of those days for something other than nothing which is what i like to do on my days off it seems like i've wasted a day off so i just thought i don't really want to go anywhere do anything i just want to make some food uh do whatever, hang around. It's kind of normal. I know what you did all day. Normal. And that's but we'll probably talk about that later. That's what I did all day. No. Oh, that, it yes. Involves, yeah. But I mean, that was my gift. But I'm just saying, I just felt, didn't felt any need to do anything spectacular. Next year, for 47, you never know. 
So, happy birthday, Sid Talk, 46, and happy birthday after the show, 300. So, it is Saturday, November the 9th, 2013. I spent at least 300 times, what, hour and a half. So that's 750 hours of my 46 years doing this show. Well. That's not, uh, <laughs> That math sounded a bit. <laughs> 300. Times one and a half. Let me let me just do that. So it's three hundred. Oh, that's four hundred and fifty. Yeah, I was going to say that's that, right, that okay. sounded a bit skewy. If it was two and a half hours, <laughs> <laughs> age does not come with uh, skills and math. Mathematical skills. <laughs> no. <laughs> let me make sure I'm forty six. Nineteen sixty seven, two thousand thirteen. Yeah, that's right. So it is after the show number three hundred, and the movie we're looking at this week is Man of Steel, two thousand thirteen movie. It, it's released on Blu-ray on the 12th of November, so you can pick it up this Tuesday, coming. Um, and it's PG-13. We looked at the Blu-ray, DVD, Ultraviolet combo pack. And Sid Talk, it's from our friends at Warner Brothers, you are going to give us the synopsis of Man of Steel. Do you think if your friends at Warner Brothers listen to this and then listen to that first little bit, do you think they're just skipping forward, forward, forward until we get to talking about the movie? Or do you think they just enjoy all of the way that we present the portion of the show that's about their precious little movie? I have no idea. That is my synopsis of the movie. It's Man of Steel. I don't think I need to synopsisize Superman. It's Superman. It doesn't even have Superman in the title. Which There's is nice. a father and a mother, and they find him in a field, and then he's super. There's a few added bonuses, which I do like the reason that he's extra powerful and stuff. I won't say it, but I really like that. I think that's excellent because this is I, not the synopsis anymore. <laughs> you fail at the synopsis, don't you? <laughs> Why do you ask me every time then? Have you ever known me to have brevity of <laughs> language of any kind? All right, the synopsis no. is, it's a movie about Superman. I said clearly, this does not need a synopsis. I'm just, I'm just making it shorter. A movie about no, Superman. No, you're not. You're stretching it out. The end. So, um... It's Man of Snyder's movie about Let's let, Let's prefer, preface this with, we saw Man of Steel theatrically when it came out. Uh, it was the movie we went to see on my birthday, actually. This year. No coincidence. And coincidence. we got the Blu-ray this week, and sometimes I would just say, let's just, we already know it, let's just review the extra, let's just watch the extras. But I needed to see this movie again, because I enjoyed it so much the first time. And I have to say, the second time, I enjoyed it even more. Um, so, what was What's your favourite thing about it? Um, I like... See, I like all Superman films, don't get me wrong. But... They're a lot different to each other, aren't they? You know, we got like... They, they kind of... They match the era that they came out. Definitely. So, so the Christopher Reeve movies are obviously very 1970s and 80s. Um, the one that was out in recently, Superman Returns, was very of that time. Well, what do you mean of that time? It was like a couple of years ago. Yeah, it, How much different is that time from now? It, it is. I think, so? I think pre... Batman, be- the Batman trilogy, pre-Batman trilogy. This, obviously, it's uh, the story was written by um, Christopher Nolan and Goya, and I, th- I feel like we've grown up. Movies have grown up. These kind of movies, superhero movies. Are you sure that Superman came out after? I mean, before all the Batman movies? Yeah, come out. Yeah, I know exactly when it came out. It's your uh, quiz for this week. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, it did. 
And I think, you know, superhero movies have kind of grown up. Marvel do their own thing. It's kind of slapsticky comedy. It's not serious, really. They have a bit of, They do have some serious, but it's not so much. But these DC movies, Batman, now this Superman, then moving on to Justice League, they've got this serious note about them. And this instantly has that. The opening to this movie, like the first 20 minutes, which takes place on Krypton, I think is, it's, it moves me. It's that good. Aww. You know what I mean? It's an emotional... Because I understand Superman. And this is something is we've all... Is there something about you I don't know? Like but I mean, this, I don't mean understand... I mean, I understand Superman's... I've read Superman comics. I've watched Superman movies. I understand how important... As soon as I see... Oh, we're looking at Krypton. We're not... We're not skipping forward to a craft landing in a, on Earth, as most Superman origin stories would do. We're looking at Krypton... There's Superman's father. You understand how important this scene is going to be. And then this scene plays out and it's... I can feel the importance of it. Because you know how important Superman is. And he's a little baby and this thing's going on. And we're seeing this amazing Krypton which he brings to life fantastically, I thought. Um, So the first, what, it's 20 minutes, is it? Or 10 minutes? I think it's really moving. Like, and it... Obviously, what occurs is very moving. Yeah. Um, I think he nailed it. And then, some people have complained about this with this movie, how it kind of skips back and forth in time. I think it works really well in this movie. I, I like it not being so straightforward narrative. Like, Superman Returns was pretty much straightforward. It crashes, they bring him up, he's Superman. This flits back and forth to give you some of his memories of being a child and I like that better I think it feels more interesting that way you know and if you think you know the Superman story they also flip this one around a little bit didn't sound like they actually did they he referred to old comic books and well, some rewritten ones opposed to the used. other movies we've seen other well, movies but not yeah. the actual Superman stories no they comic took books. bits and pieces from different versions of Superman um, I liked, and I say we're not going to spoil that, but I liked the reasoning behind Krypton. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it parallels our own kind yeah. of, um, like an ecological... Uh, well, you've just said it. No, I mean, it parallels, a, a lot of movies do an ecological, um, you know, we've seen several recently, right? And it parallels our own... Two? I don't know. More than two, right? We saw... Was it last week we saw one? We were talking about it. It was After Earth. Mm-hmm. That's two. Avatar. Well, that wasn't recent. <laughs> oh, wasn't it? Avatar? Two years ago, right? Two. Okay. That's recent to you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, for movies, for me, past five years is recent movies. Okay. You know? They don't get classic until ten years, really. Uh, well... You don't automatically become classic, do you? Yeah, but you know what I mean. Older or... Um... Uh, you're contradicting yourself. Because you've made comments that a last year something or other was old and outdated. So I'm not sure. No, it can be if they remake it. And then all of a sudden that one does feel dated. Like, I think the, the Superman movie before this one feels dated. I can see scenes in that movie that, to me, seem silly. Like, they don't seem... Like the ship? They don't seem to match how Superman should be to me now. Like, I think we grow up, I think 
the mm. story grows I up. I disagree with that comparison. It's not really reasonable to go back and compare a movie before. Cause, why not? Well, because it is what it is. Yeah, but why can't you compare anything? I'm not saying can't compare anything. I'm saying saying that something's bad about that one because now something new has come along. No, I'm talking about that feels out of date to me. It feels slapsticky, comedy. It's not really how we... we but you also felt that way about original, not the original, but Spider-Man. Yeah, and I, th- I feel, even though I don't really like that new Spider-Man that much, I think it's average at best, the one with Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield. I think Sam Raimi's ones are very of that time, and when I watch them again, they don't feel as good. They feel a bit cheesy to me. But they didn't at the time. They didn't at the time. But right, they, so, I, I, that's what I'm talking about. In fact, that exactly says my point. That yeah, no, we grow up as an audience and, you know, we get used to a different t- type of storytelling and the storytelling that people are gravitating towards right now is like the Batman, like what Christopher Nolan did but with But why Batman. abandon what you liked before? Oh, I didn't say abandon it. I was saying it feels... I prefer this type of telling of the story than a slapsticky version of it. But how does that take away from the slapsticky version? It doesn't. It doesn't. I don't think I said that. That it takes well, away. That's what you're implying. No, I'm not implying that at all. No, I'm saying that we've grown up the way that we tell stories and this is told in a way that is more... Um, it connects with me better. Like, it's not silly. I feel for people in the movie. The actual fight that... the it feels, even though it's ludicrous because it's Superman mm-hmm. stuff, it feels like a human battle to me. Like, it feels like, you know, we're in terror and in danger. Wow, and I don't feel that at all when I'm watching it. I don't feel the menace, really. I mean, I feel like Metropolis is in, completely in danger. Like, Sure. I mean, it's not us, let me say. It's not us. Human race, you mean. The human race, yeah. yeah. You know, it's not New York City. It's Metropolis. Even though it looks very much like New York City. But And I think because... There's no escaping for me that it is Superman, and Superman will always prevail. I feel no menace. I feel no danger. I feel like the idea and the possibility, if there, if you subtract Superman from this equation, holy shit, that'd be hardcore for the Earth. Superman's here, though. There is no real danger. He's going to save us all. I'm right, not trying to spoil the end, but I mean, it's Superman. But there's so I don't twists and turns it. along the way. I right, definitely... But what I'm saying is, the tool of using a superhero... Is immediately not sophisticated. It's not grown up. It's not me as an adult identifying with that world, like you're saying, because I already know what the outcome's going to be. Yeah, but I do feel it feels more grown up, is what I'm getting at. The actual structure of the movie, the writing, and the tone of it is more my cup of tea. This, anyway. And it feels like the. It's not. The the way he the way Christopher Nolan did that Batman trilogy, it's it's played seriously, even though there are it, you know you're like well it's a man wearing a rubber bat suit yeah it's, it, it could be goofy, but it isn't like it's played very seriously all the time they don't break out of that it's just serious like it as though it's real, and it's it you know everything's hinging on this guy, and this is how this one's played and this one even more so I think I felt this threat bigger than Batman's threat just because it Superman feels like you say it probably can save you from anything but it feels huge because he 
his powers are like huge. Like he can fly into space. He can, you know. The... I've never seen Superman like that. Like do like you and other dudes and people talking about Superman as like the superhero, and I've never thought one. of him that way ever, 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 ever. I've never felt he's invincible, even though the evidence in movies is right in front of me. Because he has the most simple of weaknesses. A simple, simple element from his planet can just bring him down. I really love how they didn't use that at all, right? Well, they did. Well, <coughs> yeah, but not in the way you would think. Right. I mean, they didn't use yeah. kryptonite, let's say. Like, it's not, it, it's very easy to go, oh, here's this thing where Superman... Yeah, but that makes sense, because that's the thing. Yeah, but I'm glad that it wasn't... And, and Superman Returns really just used it as like, oh, here it is, Dink, and then he's weak. They didn't use it the same here. Well, they barely used it. I like that because you got to see his powers. It wasn't like, oh, we know Superman's this superpowered dude, but the baddie's going to throw this green rock down on the ground, and then he'll be weak for a while, and eventually he will... You know, be fine. Be fine. <laughs> see, that's what but I they mean, didn't like... do that here, is what I'm saying. So the actual conflict, which I think in this movie is incredible, um, especially this Earth engine. Is it called Earth mm-hmm. engine? Is no, it... not Earth engine. I know what you're talking about. It's though. an amazing premise for a thing. Like, well, the baddie Zod. We all we all know Zod. He's from the old Superman movie, um, but this time played by Michael Shannon. I think he's completely scary. Um, there's something about him that's kind of scary to me. The actor, even when he talks, he, he's, he's just—he'd play a great serial killer. I actually really think that. Oh, let's not. Let's not. Well, I don't think he has it. No, I'm not stereotyping because he's done all kinds of things. But I would like to see him play a serial killer because. Yeah, but if you already expect that, then what's the qual? Where's the quality there? If you, think I don't know. Like, I haven't seen it yet. So I know, but if you think he's been good it. at it, why put him in that position? I mean, he was good in the Iceman. You could say he was a serial killer in that, but I'm, I'm thinking more. Else? Huh? Like, just a drama. You could also do that. It was just a point I was having. But anyway. Um, Obvious. What? <laughs> that he would be like a serial killer, because he's like, he's just that kind of person, appearance-wise. Not but appearance. He's an actor, His so he should do personality that... would be what I'm talking about. And I said to you, in the extras on this disc, he's just talking. He's got this very awkward, unsociable kind mm-hmm. of... In real life, personality. Because he's just... Ta- he's ta- it's not being anybody. He's just being himself. Well, we don't know. I mean, he's still presenting something. So yeah, but it like seems to life. me... if I've seen him talk as well. That's how... He's got this introverted almost... Right, so then why take that and put it in a movie? I would want to say the opposite of that. Which you've already seen probably, right? Like, Zod is probably the opposite to no. him. Yeah, he's, he's like... not got that ballsy front like that. No, but he's still intimidating and scary, and he's a bad guy. So let's flip it around and challenge him to something different. But anyway, this odd um, character in here is um, menacing, is really menacing. Um, he's relentless. Yeah, and the the whole idea of like terraforming the world and stuff, I think, was fantastic. I think that whole scene when that comes into play, and you realize what that is, and what, and you see it. It's, I think it's really amazing. Special effects in here are awesome. Um, what do you think? It moves along quite quickly, all of it, just like a comic book would. Like, in one instant, you're in one place, and then it cuts straight to you being somewhere else. And I like a little more of the getting there scenes. It does feel why, like a comic book, really. But it gets cut, 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 cut. And then all the humans, as they do in comic book movies, so to speak... 
just take everything as what they're seeing. There's like these things are on the earth and now we've got, we somehow have the technology to see what they're doing, which we don't have, but we can see what they're doing through the earth, but we don't have that. So we just, they have, they had a monitor where they could see in the middle of the earth. They can't, we don't have that. But everything just skips to that. Like we're, oh, we're the poor 2011, 2012 humans oh, but look at the technology we actually have. I just don't like that leap. It's very comic booky to me. So when you Which say it's based in reality is, I, stuff, I, I, yeah, but to me, it's not serious at all. Zod is the serious thing in this movie, and it's just because of Michael Shannon and because he seems... So you see this movie completely different to me. Yeah, I don't There's see no it serious as, tone to it, to it for you. It's just goofy. It's really, to me, played really to like a 12 to 15 year old kind of mind. See, I think the Avengers is played to that person. And I seem the same because it's played the very basic things. The father giving him the words of wisdom every once in a while. The father in the situation he's in and having to make that decision. It's all very like passing wisdom down to a younger person. That's what how it all plays out to me. Totally. Except when Zod hits the screen, he's just, he's the scary villain guy. And that's supposed to scare you when you've got you know, you're like a kid. He's really intimidating. So I don't see it as a serious thing. I do. And I see it as one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. And I also see it as um, important for DC comic movies. I, th- I feel they should take this tone with everything. Like all the way through whatever they're going to do. All the other DC properties. I mean, Justice League's obviously going to Yeah, take... but in five years, you're going to say, oh, I've grown as a person, and those don't make sense anymore. <laughs> so, no, I'm does... not. Yeah, you are. Because you just did about the other ones, and about Spider-Man. Well, so I'm, in five years, I'm going to say, make it doubly serious. I don't know. Oh. All I'm saying is, you think now is a, is a benchmark of No, I, I feel that Marvel have their own thing. It's goofy, and slightly... It's very comic booky. It's a real, it's a live action version of the comic book pages. Which you also enjoy. I also enjoy because I like some of the, I like some of the, their characters. I like Iron Man and I like, you know. DC have took, taken this other route now. They, they haven't always done and they've had a few backfires along the way. But they've taken this new Christopher Nolan turn that mm-hmm. I think fits their things well. I'm trying to think of other DC um, heroes. Wonder Woman... Um, who's in the Justice League? Supergirl. Aquaman? Aquaman. They're doing an Aquaman movie, actually. Yeah, I know that guy had the hat on the whole time. Which guy? I don't know who he was. One of the guys kept getting interviewed, had a cap on it, said had a new logo for Aquaman on it. Yes, he did. I don't know if that was for the movie, though. He might just be a comic fan. Mm. But yeah, they are doing an Aquaman. They're doing a... Yeah, I'm trying to think of them all. But yeah, I like this tone. Aquaman, I don't... I've never been an Aquaman fan. Was never a fan of those comics. Um, it's always a bit... That was very silly. The comics. Why is it silly? Well, read the comics. They, they were played really silly. Like, it was goofy. Like, it was... Like, um... Deadpool is in Marvel's universe. Like, goofy. Who's Deadpool? <laughs> Deadpool's like um, he was an enemy in the Marvel comics and then he became a anti-hero slash but he's like the guy who sounds familiar was he in a movie? no there's been a game of him recently hmm. he's the one who farts and cracks jokes and he's a he's a goofball superhero like 
if they made a movie of that, it would be goofy. I'd have to be, because that's what Deadpool's all about. He'll kill somebody and then say something really stupid, like, really... Sh- it's lowest common denominator type. But that's how I always thought Aquaman. But um, back to Man of Steel. So, I think is a masterpiece. I love Zack Snyder's stuff. Masterpiece? Yeah, as in terms of superhero movies, I absolutely do. It goes alongside um, Batman trilogy, which I think is incredible. Like, I can't even... Wow, see, I'm just not not you. I see it as fine. It's really good. What do you think of the Batman? I can't remember what you thought of the Batman Nolan. I enjoy them You don't think they're like super amazing um, movies? Super amazing? Um... Like... Like everything about them to me, the story, the the way they're presented, it's just, it's astounding. Like it's wow, you're using really big fancy words yeah, for these like things. Like they're really top of the tree. Is it because your expectations were one thing and then they just blew that out of the water? Yeah, absolutely. I was blown away by those movies. I was blown away by the Avengers actually as well. Not all of those Marvel movies. The Avengers really sticks out to me, um, and the original Iron Man. Not all of them. Is it because you read all these comics? Yeah. Like, religiously as a kid or something? Yeah. And now seeing them come to life, I mean, is like, yeah. wow. It's like... And I didn't read any of the comics ever. I don't know any of the villains other than what well, I've seen in Superman. movies. Everybody did. Yeah, but I never read a comic. I haven't... He's not precious to me. He doesn't mean anything to me. He doesn't have it. I have no sentimentality for it, other than the Christopher Reeve movies. But that's not the Superman... The historic Superman comic books or anything. So, to me... I'm coming at it fresh, like I'm not. I have no history with it, so to me, they're big adventure, big excitement, and I really enjoy the the thing of it because there's a lot of like, yes, you know, like a lot of those moments, you know, like rise up and dig deep inside of yourself and all that kind of stuff. But I would never say they're masterpieces. Well, I said masterpieces in terms of superhero movies, like. My favorite superhero movies of all time now would be the Avengers, this, and the Batman trilogy. What was it? What were they five years ago? Oh, five years ago, those movies were still in the radar. The Batman movies. Seven years ago. Um, Before Batman. The original Superman movies. Um, so this is what we're. This is what I'm talking about. That was your. That was your first benchmark for superhero movies. And now, of course, they're just way different. It's like comparing them and you're like, oh, you know, me, I just see them all different. And so when I'm watching it, I, I guess it's like a empty calories to me. I watch it. It's really exciting. It's really fun. I'm looking at the whole screen at all the special effects. And never mind that a lot of the motion capture is really bad and you're going to disagree. But I think it is. I disagree. A lot of the fighting where they're flying around, it's really ragdolly, and I had to actually look other places on the screen. I remember it the first time, too, thinking, oh my god, can't they just make a move like people move? I guess I look... I don't know. I'm not looking that close. Right, and see, that distracts me a little bit, because I'm not into fights anyway. I'd rather just fight a bomb, boom, bang, boom, done with the fight. I like Han Solo. So this, like, like, this isn't not your type of mo- movie, really, then? Indiana Jones. No, it is, actually. You, no, you totally get me wrong. It's totally... I love it. I think it's really fun. But as soon as I'm done with it... Do you, I, not, do you not watch the opening 20 minutes and feel the importance of seeing the planet Krypton? I do in the context Before of Before its end. Yeah. Well, the, I find Like, it it's novel. something I've wanted to see since I was a kid. And not me. And 
when I sat down on my birthday to watch this movie and it opened the it opened you know the logos came up and I was expecting um, Cornfield fact, I, you, I was <laughs> yeah. expecting Barn Cornfield Pan to the Cl- uh, Kent residence it'll yeah, yeah. commence and it I was looking and I was like okay what is this what oh shit we're on Krypton I it at first I wasn't sure I was like into Gle- oh yeah, yep Genesis, you know, all those things. I was like, please let this be an hour of the movie. <laughs> like, right. I, I'm mind blown, like, that they're doing that. I didn't think that that would be part of it. I think it might have been a flashback or something, but no, they actually did it. Like, right. So and to I'm me, watching that, that it just... going spe- spectac- a spectacular visual representation of something that I have never even thought about before. Because to me, Krypton was always a lump of green rock. Well, you can see why I. Sure, but Probably that doesn't too. mean that it does that for me. So when I'm watching it, I'm like, awesome. I'm looking at all the details and the design and, like, the culture that they must have had and the technology, like, wondering how does this creature, you know, Superman or whatever his name is, Kal-El, actually, you know, where does he come from? It's just, but it's kind of that to me. And then at some point, I'm like, I'm just convinced, well, I know it's going to be destroyed, so... I'm only going to see the end of it. I don't get to kind of bask in the whole glory of it. It's one of my favorite 20-minute openings of a, a film. It just... It's... I'm, I'm almost sad that that part was over, you know? Yeah. Because it was like, wow. You're sad because you know. You already well, know. Well, there's that, but there's <laughs> yeah. also like, I don't see... Crypt- That's the end. We're going to Earth now. I've seen Earth. This was really... <laughs> it's like Thor, you know, the Thor movie. Yeah. I said to you, we watched the Thor movie, and I enjoyed it. And it, and most of its enjoyment was, there's this guy, he's a fish out of water, he's on our planet, right? And he doesn't really belong here. Now, And I, I just kept thinking to myself, no, I want to see Asgard. I don't... There's bits of it, but there's not a lot of it, right? And I was like, no, why can't we be on Asgard for an hour, and then be on Earth for 30 minutes instead of the other way around? <laughs> and then I realised, Thor 2, when we saw the trailer, oh no, we're going to then, and that that's, oh, like, that's what I want to see. So this just fulfilled that for me. I just wanted more. And psychologically, because you crave that, then whatever it gets filled in with is like, it's awesome to you. Now... I don't have any of that. So to me, it's like I'm a clean slate for everything. So I take it as it comes. Here's a battle scene. Here's a fight scene. Here's a drama scene. Here's a, you know, big action scene. Here's a dramatic moment. I don't look at it like, you know, I was totally enamored with the possibilities of their technology. That I was, I can, I was distracted by it this time and I was distracted by it the first time, you know, the... The liquid metal things that... And the weapons that look... Yeah. Well, of... I, didn't, I didn't really care about weapons, but, I mean, the plasma yep. thing is But when that weapon hits that lady... Yeah, and she's like... Phew. Yeah, it was like... Uh, th- that was the first thing I was like, oh, that that's not like a bullet. <laughs> no. <laughs> that does something to them molecularly or something. It's weird. Like, it, like I was... I think I'm more of a sci-fi person. You know, I like the possibilities of science fiction... Or science reality turned into fiction or whatever. That's the stuff I that kind of gets me excited. Like the possibilities of... Or looking at their culture and seeing like all of their, their ships and stuff are very organic. They look like big giant bugs. And then you realize they have big giant bugs. Because they have these big gigantic flying creatures that they can ride on. And that's what's informed their culture throughout you know their 100,000 years or whatever they said. I'm thinking about all that. 
I'm and so was I. That was, I was mind blown. <laughs> You're thinking is it's Krypton, it's Krypton, it's Krypton, it's Krypton. And, and I was like, it's Superman's father. It's oh my god, it's Superman's Superman mom. Superman as a mother. Like, have we ever well, even addressed yeah, this yeah. fact? We know, we know about her. But what Did I mean we? is, yeah, if you read the comics, you know about. Yeah, and I don't. You see, that's what I'm saying. You fill in everything with your brain that I don't have, and that's you can see why I yeah. would be almost in heaven watching this. Like, and not really see why because I watch it and it's not. Perfect by any means. And, I don't, and it didn't disappoint me once it got to Earth either. I was not disappointed by it. I thought it was thought-provoking the way they kind of dealt with the character. It was more... You know, it, it wasn't played for the superhero moments as much as it was played for like the... I was going to say human side of him, but he's not human. But he's grown up with humans, so they were... You know, yeah. when he goes back to see his aunt would you call her who's his she, mother she is isn't she but she's not really you don't become an aunt because you adopt someone no but you know find him in when he, you know there's like a human side to him that he's kind of adopted just from living with us and you know you have to remember superman is just an alien like he's mm-hmm. not us um so i really thought it was if i have any niggly nitpick bits for it for me is um like the the daily planet bits are a bit Lame. They're a bit like you know when you watch the Sam Raimi Spider Man's and and he's like that dude shouting at. It's real dynamic. Yeah. It's very. I, I would hate. I'm not saying comic booky, but it's very slapsticky kind of. And this just felt like that too. It just. Whenever we were oh, in. To me, this felt like nothing. It's like really boring. Even when they're the girls trapped and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I don't care. What at I'm all. saying is like it's almost like the way he did it was. Oh, here's the Daily Planet offices. It is the Daily Planet, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Bugle. Daily Planet. Daily Planet. Because she says, welcome to the planet. Um, so you're in there, and there's these, they're trying to introduce you to these people. Here's Morpheus, and here's, <laughs> you know. And then once we get out on the streets, and the shit's hitting the fan near the end, um, it's almost like the rest of the human race have melted away, and only these few people exist. Like, it, it's... And and there are some, like, shots... We're following them because we're supposed to care? Yeah, we're supposed care. to care. Yeah, that's the thing. But at that point... There wasn't enough time spent with Morpheus. That, <laughs> like, all the girl who works in the office. It was just a bit... I think his name is Perry. I don't think he's Morpheus. Yeah, he's always Morpheus to me. But uh, what I mean is, like, it, <laughs> those scenes, while they were really fun to see, like, the Superman fighting in the city and stuff, when it kept cutting to those people, and it's like, oh, here he is, and he's trying to rescue her, and it's really... And, like, nobody else exists, almost. Like, you see some cutaways of other people running and stuff. But it felt very... Yeah, and there's, like, in Spider-Man, when Spider-Man saves that, like, that train full of people, and he gets his mask ripped off, and the kid's like, we won't tell anybody. I can't worry about those people. Because, you know, you've been with him for a couple of minutes, and he saves them, and then they're all looking at him, and you're looking at them. It feels more like he just saved a bunch of people that, in my mind, skips to... This is a whole city. This is a whole place he's protecting. Whereas in this one, when you've just got Morpheus running down the street with this lady that we yeah. know, don't know anything don't about. Don't really know at all. And the dude who's said a couple of lines. I don't give a shit about him. And they're the only ones on this street threatened by this building falling down. It just seemed like... There I mean, is a I lot of... There, that's a lot of comic booky. Like, she looks up at the, the building falling down and mm-hmm. it's almost like a, a stop frame. Like, let's just look at it and do that. Yeah, it's very... Like, let's do a panel from the book. Mm-hmm. And there's also, if I had to complain about anything else, there's a lot of 
Um, Superman can fly up into space, jump on a building, fly through, land in a different part of the state. They're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. And then he'll stop, and then Lois Lane will kind of walk in the door. Like, she's always seems to... There's a lot of that. What do you mean? Like, he's flew up into space, he's shot down, he's flown through the thing, he's landed. <sighs> and then Lois Lane walks in and is like, oh, are you okay, kind of thing. It's like, uh, how did... I, I, in my mind, I'm like, was she... She only did it once. Was she tracking him? Like, was she? Did she have GPS? What? How did she know where he was? How did she get to him when the city's all falling down? Just the one time. Sorry. You said you have, it didn't happen all the time. It happened once. They had her in the FBI place. That's why they met up. And then that time when a she was driving down, down the, the road, a satellite falls right exactly where they are. Who? Near the end. You know, there's a lot of coincidency type things where you're like, wow, this is... You mean a- the very end? Yeah. No, he did that on purpose. He did do it on purpose, yeah. yeah but I'm, I'm meaning it's just very... Comic, if I had to pick anything, well, I'm saying if I had to pick anything, those would be the things, and they're not—they're hardly anything, are they? Really, they're, they're just movie things. But it's really more that Morpheus running around the city thing, which I think they spent far too much time on. I would have rather just seen the fight going on and not. Ha- I didn't need that little um, peril thing. Like it's like I understand the city's getting trashed. There's lots of peril. I don't yeah. need to know that I'm one thinking, girl's stuck underneath Yeah, the whole world is supposedly in peril. I, this right. one woman, I'm actually feeling like it's not that big a deal. And she's... That's what I mean. I, I can see buildings falling. Obviously, people are going to get... if, if Unless it's the luckiest thing ever and everybody's getting missed by rocks and stuff. People are dying in this city. I understand that. When a skyscraper falls over... People are, de- are dead. They were in that skyscraper or they were on the floor. There's no gore in this movie, by the way. No. I think no blood except for Lois has a little bit here and then... But this Zog fight, has a little it's like quite obvious there's be- there's a casualty. Same as the Avengers when you watch the end of the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. It's quite obvious that that city, there's people dying. We're not witnessing the people dying, but you just have to think about that. But to show you this woman trapped underneath a couple of blocks of concrete is not... So that's the only problem I had with the movie. Aside from that, I, I like love when it. you put Lois in a car and she falls in a crevice during a, an earthquake, and then Superman has to make the world go backwards just right. to go back and save her. That that is one of my favorite movie scenes of all time because I'm actually convinced I could watch it right now and I'd be crying because I'd be like, he loves her so much. Nurse, she's in that hole and she's dying. That's what I want to feel about every individual that you want to focus. If you show me a group of people running. I identify as a human, threat, 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 scary, 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 what would I do? But if you introduce me to four or five people and then I care about them, that's what makes it feel more to me. Otherwise, you're just waiting to get them off the screen, which is kind of dead time, really. I actually loved the Fortress of Solitude um, sections with mm-hmm. uh, how we can co- how is how they kept Russell Crowe in the picture. I really liked that. I thought it was... Cause like you say, the technology that Krypton has, you can't even begin to understand it. So correct. I, I just liked how they kept him in there. Like you know, it's not no surprise that Superman's parents die. That's not really a spoiler. Everybody knows that. In the but they kept him around in a way that felt really interesting. In the comic books, does Jarrell speak to him as well? Yes, in the Fortress of Solitude. In fact, even in the old. Um, mm-hmm. Superman. He yeah, speaks no. like a ghostly I mean, I just that was apparition in... through the ice. Through the ice, yeah. Um, but in this, it's different than that. But it's interesting. I liked it, and I really liked that scene where he was showing you like the history of Krypton with yeah. their technology. Um, 
So for me, I I love this movie. It's going to be in really. The, it's going to no. be in my top movies this year for sure. Uh, let's move on to the cast. Henry Cavill's the new Superman. Clark Kent. I'll tell you what. Kal-El. First time I saw it, I was fine with him. I think he does a fine job. He has a few court, uh, kind of like cheeky moments. However, now that I've seen him in the Hellraiser movie, then all I'm thinking about are a couple of the really. He was just really bad, and I just think how. Oh, how did anyone take you from that to this? And I'm not saying this is great acting or anything, because it's just being Superman. But, I mean, he has to put on a certain sternness a lot. But that's all I was thinking about. Not all. I mean, it's like 50% of the time I'm thinking about scenes from Hellraiser movie. And I'm just like, oh. I really like how he portrays That knocks Superman. Superman down a notch. I like, I like how he portrays him. And one of my favorite scenes is where he's handcuffed in the... <laughs> yeah. It's just the air about him that, you know... I know who I am, and you do now. And I'm trying really hard to, to make it clear. All this bullshit. Like, you don't know what I can do. Right. I just want to make and you feel safe And if it makes you feel secure. better to put these little handcuffs on me, <laughs> do so. I'll st- I, I'll play along with all your... But, you know, I really like... He, he portrayed it perfectly. It was like, I can see what you're doing through that. You know, I've got x-ray vision. It's like... My mm. powers are... I, and, you know... I think he portrayed it well. And the guy before also portrayed it well, Brandon Ruth. I actually liked him too in the Superman Returns. Mm. Um, I don't think he did a bad job. I don't... I know what you mean. It was just the movie. Just the movie was a little bit slapdash. But you liked the guy who made the movie. Brian Singer, who did the X-Men movies. Um, Amy Adams plays Lois Lane. Um, X-Men 3 was just not very good. Amy Adams... I mean, had good ideas, but... I'm not a mega Amy Adams fan. I think sometimes she overacts like it. Yep. She In takes here she does. Too too serious. Right, and I know that's what they're going for, but... There's a bit too much attitude to the Lois Lane sometimes. Like, the bit where she gets off the helicopter. Yep. The, the introduction of her. It's I'm, I'm almost like... This is just too much. Like, it's... Yes, we know she's going to be kind of sassy. Like, it's... Um... I don't know if it's her or it's just the way they told her to... I like her. But I've never seen Julia and Julia, so... I have. I saw that. Some... Why did I see that? I <laughs> you guys sat that. and watched it on Netflix, on Netflix or something. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't like it. Um, but I like her otherwise, and I like her in this too. I just think, yeah, she takes it... She's a very actorly actor person. Yeah. And there are times when it seems uh, like she's taking it just a little bit too... And then, and like, then, it's the 50th time that she's tried to work out how to say that line and how to move her head. And I don't know if that's true, how to but be, act if a it little feels bit like that. It's tough, but she's kind of sweet. And we know her as kind of sweet and bubbly, so it's kind of a hard... It's really hard to top. But I like her as Lois Lane, so... Um, Michael Shannon plays General Zod. He's fantastic. I, you know. He's the Iceman. Yeah. Definitely. It's just a... I'm glad they didn't go for Lex Luthor. I'm glad they Why? went... Why? Let's have another Lex Luthor. We just had Lex Luthor yeah, in the last Yeah, but I'm one. saying that he's a fine villain. Cause no, I'm just... saying I'm glad we didn't go that route. Just, like... I'm glad it was different. They were trying to be different here. Like, if this is the origin story of Superman, we'll get to Lex Luthor. It's quite clear, because there's even Lex Luthor clues in the movie. You'll see them. Um, but Zod was in Superman... Two, right? Two, yeah. So we've done this before. We have done this before. And the other Zod was quite good too. Yeah, yeah. Actually. But not quite as menacing as this guy. The thing I have about these menacing villains who are like super powerful, like physically and menacing, 
Then all of a sudden you show them just sort of toddling down the street. And I think, and yes, they can jump and, and go really fast. But then you see them just sort of standing in the IHOP and walking down the street. Makes them all of a sudden seem much less threatening. Because they're not constantly asserting all of their powers. Right. You know what I mean? So I just, I kind of want them to just always be, I like the really big tall guy. I was hoping that when we first watched the first movie, the first time, I wanted all of the Krypton people to be bigger. There was actually a bit of gore in that scene where the female assassin lady, Zod's henchman, jumped up and landed on the the jet fighter and she pulled the oh, guy. yeah. There was a load of blood and stuff that she almost like pulled him into pieces. Like, oh, you know, I didn't see any blood. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, uh, that was the only bit of gore I even seen. Like, it was like almost like she just obliterated him like it is or his ejector seat hit the top and it just smushed him all into pieces but there was blood and I was like wow that's unusual because like there has been none and there's been all kinds of stuff going on Um, so Diane Lane plays Martha Kent along with Kevin Costner as Jonathan Kent really good very good yeah Um, almost perfect choices for them Mm. I mean they're fine I don't know if they're because I love um, Kevin Costner I feel like he I like Diane Lane more now than I've ever had in her whole, in my whole my whole life, her whole career. It's, it's definitely really good casting in this movie. I really agree with that. I think, and it can make or break a film sometimes. And I feel like everybody is right for the part. Maybe not Amy Adams. I don't know about that. But and I'm not. There's no reflection on them as actors. But the concept, and I know that the the original story is that he lands in a cornfield in Kansas. I'm assuming Smallville, anyway. But this portrayal and this notion that everyone from small towns who get dirty every day and work in the garage on their cars and their trucks and they have sweat and dirt on their t-shirts and they grow the food that you eat every day. I'm not knocking the growing the food part. But you know what? It doesn't make them all wise and wonderful human beings. I'm from a very small town. And every time I see a movie of people in small towns being portrayed as these like almost like this unattainable American ideal perfect people, it kind of makes me throw up. Because I think, and that's just sort of, it's really heavy-handed. That's one of those comic book moments for me. Every time he's dishing out the wisdom and he's standing there with the dirty rag in his hand and the 57 Chevy behind him or whatever it is, and then the barn's right there. So it's almost like the 1950s ideal of um, the Superman comics when they were back in the 50s. It's almost like they're they're delivering that, but contemporary, but staying the same, like, attitude-wise. and it happens a lot. And I just think that always kind of distracts me a little bit, that there seemed to be no... Like, there's this little pocket of perfection here where Superman came from, and that's where he got all of his good values and everything, and I just get a little... I'm Russ- a bit of a bully, and that was fair. And Russell Crowe plays his father, and he's fantastic, Russell Crowe, in this movie. I'm not... I... I, I don't know about I that. I think he's really... Like, he's I think just he's... talking, really. Yeah, but he's... Em- at the beginning there, it's really... Em- I think he's really emotional, that first scene, when the, when the baby comes, and... True. I think Russell Crowe really nailed the performance. And I know, like... He probably didn't have to be on this movie much because if you put piece together everything that he's in, it's it's not a lot, is it? Quite a bit, yeah. Because he's in that. I mean, he does a lot. Her, of and he's in the thing with him. Yeah, there's a lot, and he does a big fight scene. But um, he, uh, I think he, I couldn't think of anybody. He's fantastic. As soon as, soon as I realized, oh, oh shit, that's who that is. I think that you think he. I mean, it's Russell Crowe, and he's being really stern when he's talking a lot. Which, to me, is exactly what I like to see him do. Right, and it's not like he, super fantastic acting or anything. I think he pulled this character. It was almost like... 
I think it was super fantastic. I don't think it was super fantastic acting in Gladiator either. Um, but agreed. When he delivers that speech, the one when they do the back and forth at the beginning, um, there's something about the way he delivers it, and he delivers speeches in this quite often, right? Because that's his like that's how they've used him as a narrative tool. He appears and he. I just don't think that's excellent acting, really. I mean, he he does a performance of these things. I, I think he's he Rus- he's more Russell Crowe. Nailed Crow it to right me. on the spot for me. Like there, there's not, I don't, nothing's glaring. It's exactly what I want from that character. Like it's Superman's dad, and that's what it is. You know, it's how I picture him. It's how I, you know, Marlon Brando played him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very good too. Like it was. V- like, I felt those scenes in this Fortress of Solitude when I was a kid, watching that. When you were a kid. 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, I don't oh, know I thought I... you were saying I wasn't a kid, but... No, no, I'm saying, I don't... I don't think that being stern and having a low voice and saying lines with some of that sort of old-style acting is, like, super fantastic. I think that it is his presence, is Russell Crowe. And he takes I think that's what I'm seriously. At. I like Russell Crowe. Yeah. He's perfect in this and role. And he takes things I seriously. I couldn't think of another person playing that now. That is like my ultimate version of Superman's dad. He's got the the physique for it. He's how I imagined. And when he has to act against Zod, it I felt that. That fight is... Yeah, yeah. That's that my favorite fight, fight in the scene. My yeah. favorite fight in the movie. I mean, there are hard-hitting fights throughout this entire movie, don't get me wrong. Harder than that one. But that one just felt like these two, you know, he's always wanted to get his gloves off and punch this guy in the face. Oh, see, I felt different. They've always been friends or allies until this shit hit the fan. Yeah, well, I'm talking about through this period yeah. of, of The world uprising, falling apart. Civil unrest. You know, Zod's... What do you call it? An he's overthrow. the general of the yeah. army, yeah, or whatever. What I'm saying is, he's he's obviously didn't just overthrow like that. It's been leading up to this. Um, so this is directed by Zack Snyder, um, director of Watchmen, Sucker Punch, Three Hundred. One of my favorite directors of all time, to be honest. On a different kind of level than Paul Thomas Anderson, who's my other director, but I just find his I find his movies visually. I could watch them. Over and over again. Best directors of all time. What am I? Interesting. Yeah. And four movies. Yeah, and those four movies are literally four of my favorite movies. So you put them up there with Quentin Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Sucker Punch is my favorite movie by him, and Watchmen is second. 300's kind of last for me. I, I like 300, but it's not... I think Watchmen and Sucker Punch are... Like works of art to me. You show so much emotion for these movies. I love it because they're so good. I I own the collector's editions of all these movies. I know. Sucker Punch, and you own the book Watchmen. for Sucker Punch and a yeah. book for Watchmen. Yeah, I love I love him. I, I I can't wait to see his next movie, which will be this um, Batman versus Superman, or Superman versus Batman, whichever way they put it. <laughs> um, so Blu-ray extras, and there are a lot. Well, was there a lot? I mean, the one mo- the movie thing is yeah. There's a big two deal. discs worth of extras. Um, that makes it sound like more than it is, though. What well, I'll tell you how much it is because it tells you on the back. Four hours of special features. So That's because it's got the whole movie again. Twice, yeah. So 
The first thing is the journey of Discovery creating the Man of Steel. And it's watch the movie with Zack Snyder as he shares the incredible journey to reimagine Superman. So, on a second disc, there is a version of the movie that Warner Brothers used to call Maximum Movie Mode. It's the mode where Zack Snyder introduces the movie, and throughout the movie, it will cut to concept art or Michael Shannon talking about his part. You know, it's made... It's really good. And there's no controls involved, you just watch it. You just watch it. Which I think is better than how they used to do. Way better. To click things and stuff. Now you just watch it this way or the normal way. But if you do watch it this way, because it's made specifically for the movie, it's really good. Like it, it links up to the movie. If they're showing you Krypton, they might show you how they created. And Krypton. you can tell, like Michael Shannon is watching the movie because he's looking over yeah. there and he's saying, "And there I come with my." suit and which I'm not really wearing and uh, I'm looking really serious so you can tell it's actually whereas in other ones we've watched it's more like they're talking 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 but the picture's not necessarily going with the talking it's really it's really good I find it better than a commentary I like commentaries also but I like to re-watch the movie and have all the reference of the movie playing while they're talking about it because it makes more sense when you when you're like See, sometimes I listen to commentaries and don't look at the... I just listen to them, and then I'm having to go... But this, it's like... you yeah, want. But that's because you're not looking at it. But on this, you want to watch the screen all the time, because they pop little windows up, they do all kinds of fancy trickery. It's, it, it's really cool. It's like um, a produced version of a commentary. Yeah. A visual version. Kind of like a PowerPoint presentation? Yeah, but better than that. <laughs> That makes it sound boring. There's um, all-out action, taking superhero action to the heights of realism. Planet Krypton, which is the world's first exploration of Krypton. Now, the Planet Krypton is like a documentary. And it's like played for real. We say Krypton, by the way. Yeah, it's like you'd watch on Discovery Channel where it says, you know, and when Superman came to planet Earth, da-da-da, and then we learned a lot about Krypton. Yeah, it's played like a real documentary. like, And it never cuts from that. It's... Basically, what it's presenting to you is this a whole bunch of for real um, concept art because it has a lot of artist rendering of events and things because Krypton's gone, obviously. So I feel like it was a nice way to present us with a lot of the concept paintings and drawings and um, costume designs and and it's and it's almost like this movie happened for real and us yeah. people on Earth are remembering it and talking about why it happened and it's pretty interesting. Then there's like. Um, a really interesting uh, animated... It doesn't tell you everything that's on this Blu-ray. Yeah, that so I'm one's just, really good. I'm just remembering. A 75th anniversary animation of Superman. And what it is, it's like all the very famous comic book covers, like the first one and the 50th one, they make them kind of come to life. Like he jumps out of the cover and flies down the street, fights some of the baddies. It's cool. And it's in that golden age style of Superman that they use for the comics. Oh, he changed the whole way through, though. Yeah, and then it... He evolved. That's what I'm saying. It goes up to, like... Zach, to this guy. Yeah, to this guy, yeah. It's really cool, and it's very brief, but it's cool. There's also a featurette, it's like 30 minutes, actually, so it's a bit more than a featurette, where they talk to everybody involved in the movie, which I thought was cool. It wasn't just, like, everybody talked. Russell Crowe. And it was about... Aquaman. (laughs) It was about how... Superman's evolved, like, how he started, what people's memories of him are, like, we've all grew up with him, how he fits into American culture. It was, I thought it was really good, really interesting. You get to see some really high-res, close-up images of, like, the key editions of the comic book. Um, 
Zack Snyder talks a little bit. It's really good. And then there's like this odd <laughs> Peter Jackson featurette stuck on the end of the... New Zealand. Which is a New Zealand tourism film. It is. <laughs> it's really good. It's really fun. I loved it. That was really weird. It's like basically what they're About telling the you Hobbit. is that Hobbiton, which is where they've actually built the village and really built it now. Before it was like temporary and it all had collapsed and stuff. And now when they're doing the Hobbit, they rebuilt it for real to make it a tourist attraction. And then they show you all the locations where they've shot and just showing you what... How it is in our brains, where we when we've not been there, we yeah. think it's all CGI, we think it's all kind of fabricated, and yet it's just a real beautiful place, and that's all it was about. NewZealand.com. And I said to you in the middle of this, this is like a tourist information <laughs> film, and then right at the very end, Martin Freeman said, why don't we just, uh, I'll just say this, yeah. and we can use this to sell New Zealand. And then it's like, New Zealand, <laughs> NewZealand.com. Yeah. So, that's there. And I understand Warner Brothers' other massive franchise is The Hobbit, and they're trying to sell it no matter what. But it is on here, and it does feel slightly out of place, but interesting nonetheless. But I learned you know, that the, all of those places, they compared shots from the movie to the actual shot from like the helicopters and stuff, and it's exactly the same. It wasn't CGI'd other than the stuff they had to add for So in conclusion, you know what I think about this movie. No, please reiterate. I worship it. Oh I worship God. at the... Why are we married to each other? We're so different. I worship at the altar of Zack Snyder. Oh, my God. Really? More so than Quentin Tarantino? No. All right, then. But they're all... I worship at their, all their altars. I lick <laughs> their troughs and oh my God. drink their movies in. Oh, listen to you. That's Paul Thomas Anderson right and there. And your opinion of this movie? It's really fun. It's kind of arouses you up a bit, you know, for the human race a little tiny bit, even though it feels like it's not really the whole human race in peril. But um, I look forward to another one, and that doesn't always happen for me with franchises. Hans, Hans Zimmer's score really to this good. movie makes me have goosebumps. <laughs> you know, you know. At the I wish you could get this emotional about things like your wife. That'd he, be awesome. You know, at the end of the movie where it he goes, it shows you the Clark Kent. Yep. And then the score starts to swell up and then it just does the, the credits very slow and on the black. That bit of the score, <laughs> I'll play it at the end, is amazing. It's um, Rouses you up. Yeah, I never thought, like, you know, you, you're used to um, John Williams' music in Superman movies. He's always done the movie soundtrack. You know, like, you, you think, oh, Star Wars has to have John Williams' music. I always think Superman has to be John Williams, but Hans Zimmer's come in here. Funny, I don't. That doesn't occur to me at all. And he is. It's reminiscent of the original Superman theme, but it's more way moody. more emotional to more me. More moody like, for it's, sure. Yeah, it's it's emotional rather than. It's. I I think it's really amazing, and you know, scores can often sound the same in movies. You know, these type of scores. This one, I can recognize it. Like I know that Superman. And just so people know, if you have SiriusXM, there is a channel ju- that just plays movie scores slash soundtracks. And sometimes I'll turn over to it and I'm like, I haven't looked at the thing and you're listening, it's like a piece of classical music or like this score. And I'm trying really hard. You kind of get the vibe in your brain that I have to look to see what it is. And then I'll just listen for, well, I guess they just play it straight up, like from beginning to end of, it, of the whole soundtrack or the score. It's quite... The whole movie just flat as soon as yeah, you figure does. out what it is, it just comes right if to you your know, brain. Yeah. And some songs they don't play the whole thing in the movie, obviously. But then when you get to hear the whole thing, or it's something really like one day it was um, Lord of the Rings, like the first one, 
Right. I was like, oh, and you totally know yeah. that little ditty, <laughs> yeah. don't you? Just... It is go, and it's just music, and yet you feel the whole. So I agree. This music was good. Not that I would notice the difference of who it is, but then you said it was Hans Zimmer. Yeah, and I, I um, will always now. It's the it's it's my Superman theme now. You know, motorcycle man, Tom. Correct. So, um, <laughs> thanks to Warner Brothers for the Blu-ray. Um, I can't recommend it highly enough. There's also a collector's edition in a big box. You know, like the Wizard of Oz one that we have. Mm-hmm. There's a collector's edition of this movie in a big box that you can get. I'm not 100% sure what's inside the box. And it's like my Watchmen uh, one that I've got. I would hope some comics. I would hope some comics. It looks interesting. It's got the big Superman. It's in a tin kind of box. Um, you can get that too. Um so, thanks to Warner, if you want to enter a contest, we've got a couple of new ones this week on com. just click on the word contest, you can win some stuff. So, next week's Blu-ray review will be The World's End, which is the third in the Cornetto trilogy, which is Edgar Wright's, started with Shaun of the Dead, then it went to Hot Fuzz, now The World's End, so it's the end of the Cornetto trilogy. We'll watch that next week and tell you what we think. Just like it was the end of Kevin Smith's trilogy and the end of George Lucas's sixology. So, uh, movie, uh... What about it? I'll do yours first, then. Alright, then. Uh, 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 Movie year. You say movie, I say the year. Superman Returns. Movie year. 2010. Which was the last... Which was the last Superman movie before this one. Why did you make that? Did thing? you say 2010? Yeah. Is that his final answer? Yeah. 2006. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, time flies or doesn't fly, whatever. I have to go around over here and turn my face away, which I know annoys the shit out of you, but you're going to have to deal with it. Just keep talking, because I know you can. I'm not supposed to look, but I have to turn my head, but then I have to carry on talking. Okay. <laughs> All right, the original. And this has everything to do with Superman, of course. Uh, the original Bad News Bears. I've never even seen it, so I will just guess it. It was George Matthau. Yeah, I've seen. All I've seen is the one with Billy Bob Thornton. And you've also seen the kid in it was Rorschach from your very favorite movie, The Watchmen. He I've never the, seen the movie though. So I'm let, saying he was a kid. Let me guess. It was in the 80s, so 1983. <laughs> no, <laughs> 1976. Oh my god, you've never even seen it ever, ever, ever. No, because when we watched the Bad News Bears remake with Billy Bob Thornton, it meant nothing to me. I had no. I was like, oh, this is just like a movie with Billy Bob Thornton. So it's the opposite for this Batman shit. (laughs) I mean, Superman stuff. It means nothing to me, except that it's a movie. Yeah, I didn't even know there was an original to it. You know The Longest Yard? I did know... Yeah, that one was one where I was kind of like, did I see this originally, or what? Like, you know? I have seen them both. Um, Yeah, the, the new one wasn't... Yeah. It was Adam Sandler, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All it was, right. Uh, it wasn't horrible. I think it was horrible. No, it wasn't horrible. All right, I challenge you to watch that and see what you think. I don't want to watch it again. I'm just saying it wasn't <laughs> horrible. <laughs> All right, so uh, movie recommendations. I'm not even going to explain. Sucker Punch and Watchmen. Shocking. And mine are Superman, the original, original Superman movie. Just the first one. Right. I don't know about the other two. I don't remember them as well. Because of the loss and the hole and the going backwards. And uh, one thing that reminds me of this, just recently, Saturday morning cartoons, and I'm going to say the Justice League. If you can get a hold of an episode or something, it might be goofy and you might not have any entertainment value from it. However, if you mix that in with your 
if you're my age, which is 46, or approximately, you know, within a five-year range, you're going to remember Saturday morning cartoons in the 70s and very early 80s, where you had like a four-hour block of cartoons. Justice League was on there, Scooby-Doo, Cape, you know, uh, Captain Caveman, Jabberjaw, all that stuff, all crammed together. In Justice League, I just remember it was near the end of the morning, and as soon as it would come on, I'd be almost like, you know how you get to the end of your favorite food? You're like, no. Because as soon as Justice League would come on, it was like I knew that in another half hour, my stupid sister was going to come in and want to watch American Bandstand. So it was like, <laughs> I would just like savor it. like, And I think it was cut into two parts where you had like a 15-minute adventure and then another 15-minute, you know, bad guy or whatever. So to me, it was always like clinging to my cartoon-ness. And it wasn't my favorite because I liked all those others. I would get up like at 5 and watch everything all the way through the morning. But just... Thinking of it, and the reason it reminded me again was Futurama, one of the episodes I was rewatching. Does this take on 70s Saturday morning cartoons? And they make the Futurama cast into the Scooby Doo cast, and but then they have all the little animated things in between the cartoons, like we'll be right back. And it had like a bumblebee, and it had like you didn't experience any of this, so but that's why I say we had Saturday morning cartoons, but it was not elaborate like that. It was just they showed Scooby Doo and Flintstones and that kind of stuff. But you had like the banana splits to introduce it all. Banana to you. splits were on, yeah. right? The banana split, yeah, we did have the banana splits. And then you have little PSAs in between, and like you know, do the right thing, and now you know, and shit like that. I don't remember that. I remember lots of commercials for toys, and every toy oh, that yeah. came on, I wanted it. Absolutely. Oh, it's, I want that one. Oh, Star Wars figure. Oh, I need that one. You know, it was just like that, wasn't it? You were just like, we were just the, whole, being sold the whole thing was good. <laughs> like, it didn't matter what the cartoons were. I mean, there were so many like... things in your mind when you'd finished, and you was like, wow, i got to get one of those Steve Austin figures, and, the, you know, it was like, Ugh. I remember that feeling, but I was really into sitting. That was the only, it. like, didn't really go to toy shops or anything much, aside from holidays when we could go and pick a figure. Yeah. So that was your exposure to, wow, that exists. Cause yeah, and to me it was looking in the Sears and the JCPenney catalogs. Right. right. Wow, there's a there's... Steve Austin figure. I have to have that. I've seen it. It was on television. Like, But then there was no video, so you couldn't like rewind and see it again. <laughs> there's you no YouTube for you to go look it up or <laughs> so, <laughs> Amazon to order it from. Oh, God, we're so old. <laughs> there was no Amazon. when I, was... I mean, there was an Amazon. The real deal. Correct. It wasn't at the click of a finger. All right, so games and Ace Scully stuff. It's been a really slow week, but uh, Cypher Prime, you've heard of Cypher Prime. They're a independent, um, they make games. They made a really cool game that I really loved, that original one, which was the one where you had to make the music by mm-hmm. shining the light in between the, th- I forget its name. It's either Pulse or... I don't remember. Um, that's where I got into their games. They made this cool game. I think it was Symphony or something. And you had to direct this beam of light into these circles. And when you got it just right, it played a song. And it got more and more complicated. You have to bound them off mirrors, and it was really cool. Well, they made a new game this week. Um, It's called Intake. And it's an old-school arcade game, almost. It's actually in that weird aspect ratio way. Like, monitors on arcade cabinets were those thin, upright ones. Yeah. So it's in that... Like Donkey Kong. Yeah, it's like that. It's letterbox like that. And the game revolves around dubstep. So the whole soundtrack's this dubstep soundtrack. But the actual game is you use your mouse to move a cursor. So it's like a light gun game. Like you've got like a a, a target that you move with your mouse very smoothly. You can move it anywhere. 
and you press your button to shoot. And you press your spacebar on your keyboard to change your shooting mechanism to two different colours. So say the level is blue and red. When you press the spacebar, your cursor will be blue or red, depending on... We get it. Right, so the enemies that come down the screen are pills. So it's kind of like this trippy kind of (laughs) drug-induced... And it's very Jeff Minter-ish, like psychedelic colours and... So these pills drop down and they're all they're two diff- one of two different colours. You change your reticle to the colour it is and then press the button on it to shoot it. Now you might think, well that sounds pretty easy. Well they come very fast after a while and you get points for doing them in combo. So if I hit five brown ones in a row instead of hitting brown, blue, brown, blue, brown, blue. Yeah. And then there's a risk-reward element because the blue ones might be falling. If they fall to the bottom of the screen, you lose. So you might want to leave some right near the bottom. So it's kind of Tetris slash... It's weird. It's got this dubstep soundtrack. If you put your headphones on, it's just kind of... it. It's one of those games where you like get in the zone. And uh, you can just do a little bit better than last time. And you just want to keep trying, trying. And there's upgrades after each level. You can buy some upgrades. And how much was this game? It was very, very cheap. It was in the Humble Bundle. Which is? It what isn't is any... Humble Bundle. Humble bundles where you buy a bunch of games and they're cheap and you give the money to charity. They give the money to charity. Right. Um, it was in the Humble Bundle. It's not anymore. But if you want to go and buy it from Steam, just stand alone. I think it's seven bucks. It's really fun. It's got online leaderboards. You can try and get your better scores. Um, they also announced this week that The Walking Dead Season 2, Telltale Games, is coming in December. So, um, And they also announced that... Uh, It'll be the continuing adventures of... I forget her name. Little uh, girl. I was going to say um, Clementine, she's called. Clementine. Um, and you'll play as her this time. Um, she looks a little bit more grown up on the trailer. Like, a little bit. I'm talking like maybe a year. But um, she looks like she's been through some crap. She's a bit tougher than she used to be. Um, I'm really looking forward to it, because it was so good it is that good. first season. And... Wolf Amongst Us, which we're also doing. I'm looking forward to more of that too. So Telltale Games are kind of on a roll, aren't they? They also said the other day on Twitter, Telltale Games, we're doing a new IP in this style. And it's our dream IP. We just, um, you know, when you have to... Say it was Star Wars, for instance. Mm -hmm. You have to go through the rigmarole to try and get that, don't you? Um, So they've got something new that they've always wanted to do and they're going to be doing it after The Walking Dead so who knows what that is it might be something really cool might be Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be so cool though I think I think the element of horror or like with Fable well, the wolf thing it's there's something about that Star Wars would just be they did Jurassic Park and it story. wasn't very good they got the Jurassic Park license um, right, so that years. wouldn't it be it wasn't very good no it was a new story told in Jurassic Park but and it was done in the style of The Walking Dead. But it just didn't... No, because the only thing you're going to have to come across really are dinosaurs. Yeah. and Yeah, it wasn't just wasn't that interesting and it was a bit... I like the element of survival. Even in the fable town, you've got the element of these fables having to survive in a human world. And in Walking Dead, you've got humans having to survive the zombie. And they can spring anything on you. And yeah. anybody, somebody you really love can die immediately. It's like... The appeal of like the Walking Dead TV show as well. It's like, wow, whoa, they did that. No, it's like, <laughs> um, so 
that is coming out in December, The Walking Dead Season 2. And finally, uh, Next Generation of uh, Video Games starts next Friday. So when we speak to you again... I don't know what you're talking about. I have not heard one thing about this. I didn't think you had. So when we... Uh, <laughs> that was wife sarcasm, When we way. speak again on next podcast... You and I? We won't speak again until next Saturday. Next Generation will have started. Uh, yeah, the PS4 comes out on the 15th. I will speak about it in detail on the next show. Uh, Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Tonight, there will be the leftover sweet potato mash with peas, which is fantastic. A burger on a bun, veggie burger. Somebody out there is going, oh, they're having Morningstar products again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Let me think. Yes, they are Morningstar. Um, a bun and some fries. Those would be Orida fries because I'm baking the shit out of this supper. That's all. I'm turning that one in microwave oven and... That's it. Oh, the monster cookies, which I really loved. Got them from Hy-Vee. Monster cookies, if you don't know, from my childhood. With monsters in them. My mother would make monster cookies. And for some reason, the monster cookies were not just like your normal batch. It was like you had to make this big, massive bowl of them. It seemed massive to me. You know that big brown bowl we have? That was my mom's. That right. was, it was huge. That was the bowl. Right. And it was like monster cookies have peanut butter, oatmeal, um, chocolate chips, M&M's. And there was something else in there, and I keep forgetting. Oh, I think she put butterscotch chips in there also. So then you had all of that in a cookie, and you made them really big. You're supposed to make them, like, as big as a saucer almost. And then we'd take them to, like, brownie meetings. Brownie being girl, the little version of a Girl Scout. Or to school, or you just had them, usually for a birthday or something. So when I saw these at High V, I was like, yes! And to be honest, they're pretty darn close. Hmm. They're chewy, and so that's what we're having with ourselves. And finally, your advice... What did I put? <laughs> you said, when I don't agree with you, it doesn't mean I want you to agree with me. I don't care enough about what you think to want to convert you. Yeah. I don't understand people who, even you did it as an example this week. When you're talking about something and then I give my opinion, you said, I'm trying to take the excitement out of it. And I'm like, I don't give a shit how excited you are about anything. I'm just commenting on it. I'm pointing out my point of view. I'm pointing out the flaws, basically, and maybe what you're saying. But I'm not trying to change your mind. The flaws. There's no flaws in anything I say. <laughs> oh, my God. And that is another topic. But, I mean, I don't understand this thing of people. And, you know, it rolls back to everything, like religion and politics. If you say to me, blah, 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 Jesus, pray, whatever, and I'm like, oh, I don't. I don't believe in any of that, and this is maybe, if you ask me why, I'll say why. Um, and then it's like the person starts, it's like you've you've turned on some sort of pulsing machine that's trying to terraform their brain and trying to suck all of what they think out and put what you think in. I don't give a shit what you think. But if what you think is damaging or hateful or separatist or racist or um, like just plain like harmful and you keep spreading it around if you just because you don't think it's harmful doesn't make it not harmful but i'm not trying to change your mind because i don't care enough about what you think unless you're trying to but and this is my issue because what you are trying to do with mostly the main topics the religion and politics or even being vegetarian you come across it all the time. I come across it all the time in weird ways. People think when you say to them, oh, no, that's okay. I don't, I don't eat any meat. And I don't even bring it up unless someone persists. Yeah. 
if I go to a restaurant and they've, they've got like a, say, a grilled cheese and they've got bacon on it, I'll say, can I just have that without the bacon? Um, okay. I don't say because I'm vegetarian. I just leave it at that. If someone at the table says, why don't you want the bacon? I'll say, well, I don't really eat meat anymore. Oh. Oh, well, I guess my burger's going to really bother you then. I don't understand what you're talking about. Just because I'm not agreeing with the thing that you're doing or I don't do the thing you're doing. I'm not trying to change your behavior or your mind. But you seem to think that when I don't agree with you, that every, that all of your offensiveness, and I don't mean offensive like I'm hurt, I mean you're on the offense or the defense, I guess it is, that you are trying to change my point of view. Because if you get in a religious discussion with someone, all they want to fucking do is convert you. To, to, to pat you on That's your little fair, head. That's not fair, not everybody. There are some objective That is fair. People. That is true. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're objective, but yeah, I mean, you're right. The, they have the similar thing to me. Yeah. I think what I think. And yet, you know behind that is the little pat on the head and the little tap on the shoulder. Oh, someday, someday you'll come around. Now, I'm not saying that. You're right. Not everybody. Because I have friends and family who you wouldn't know yeah, what they, they think won't. at all. But yeah, right. The overt ones, the ones who, are, who would bring it up in a subject or in a conversation or maybe post on Facebook and then I make a, a comment back or remind them that that's not what everybody thinks or maybe you're excluding someone. And that's all I'm saying. Just maybe open, broaden your view a little bit. Then it's like I'm trying to infect them with my thing and I'm not. And I don't understand how people get so... Like, what is the danger in you turning around and going, because I've thought about all these things already in my long 46 years. I've thought about God. I've thought about religion. I've thought about Jesus. I've thought about politics. I've thought about economics. I've thought about psychology and emotions and sexuality, all kinds of things. Marriage, abuse, uh, addiction, all these things. Because as life, you experience things. And each time you come across another thing, you kind of open your mind and you go, whoa, what are the options here? This thing is good or bad for me, but that thing looks good or bad for me. Or maybe I should rethink what I'm thinking. Or There's no danger in that. Except if you think what you think is so precious and important and you're so right about it that nobody better even try to crack the code and get... I don't know what it is, but that's happened a lot lately and that's why it's on my mind. If I give you my opinion... You, we can debate it. I have no problem with that. Argue back and forth about the merits of what you and I think. But do not for a second think that I care enough about what you believe. You're not talking to me. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> about No, like with this movie. I don't care enough about the your... I care that you're entertained and that you love it and you're so in love with it. That's awesome. But I don't care that you think that so much that because I don't think it, I want to bring you down. I just want to tell you my opinion and say, like, it's not perfect. It is not great. This is why I think that end of topic. End of topic. And on that note, on that bombshell. But someone else other than you might be like, oh, she's trying to tell me that I can't like this movie. No, I don't think that. I know, but some people do, right? And so I don't get that mentality because I, maybe I'm hard, but... We um we have run a bit long here, uh, and we've got one more thing to ta- to tackle. Um, but we we'll probably tackle it next week now. But what did you get for your birthday? I got SimCity. SimCity, and uh, you're playing it. Right? <laughs> I'm not playing it, but it's running in the background. Um, 
Well, you'll have played more of it by next yep, week. Yep. Let's talk about it next week. But um, it seems to me like you like it. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> I had one hour of sleep the other night when I needed to get up. I at said, 5:30. "What time did you go to bed?" Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I knew exactly what time I went to bed. I was supposed to get up at five thirty. I went to bed at four forty-five. <laughs> well then. And when the alarm did go off, you said to me, "What?" You were like, was it? Because I was just yeah. getting that like dark <laughs> sleep. But I, what did I do when I got home that morning? I kept playing. Yes, you did, and it's on now. So I guess you like it. So yeah, um, we'll it. talk about. it I next love week. that you love me in a way that you know exactly my addictive personality and how to tap into that and get me to be very unproductive <laughs> for many hours in a row. I love you for that. All right, so I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sigtar.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Microsoft Store. Let's call it that. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. I still Zoom. love my Zoom. I don't care what anybody thinks. The iTunes Music Store. You can catch it on the... Just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. RSS feed is right there. You can use anything. Google Reader. No, there is no Google Reader. Feedly. Feedly is what I use. Um, you can also go to stitcher.com. We're on there. We're on many different podcast services. You can also email feedback to me at aschoolie at aschoolie.com. We're out com. there in the stupid cloud. Don't email Sid Talk. She does not want you I'm not. Ex- I don't exist in the stupid cloud. And stay classy, Mr. Superman. Mmm, nice. And I'm going to say think for yourself. Because if you don't do it, I'm not going to try to do it for you. 